Welcome to the Ink and Soul podcast, created by Rachel Kong, inspired by indelible ink writers. I'm Lamar Gibbs, content creator and writer, and I'm joined with my co-host, Mia Arrington. I'm a writer, mom, and licensed social worker, and we're so glad to have you tuning in for a soulful conversation on creativity. We'll speak some life into your words and speak some words into your life. And you will change more curious, more courageous, and more compelled to cultivate a life of creativity. Welcome for another episode of Ink and Soul. In this episode, we are interviewing Rachel Jacobson. Rachel is a literary agent with a live literary agency. She enjoys helping authors hone their ideas, tap into their generative creativity, and share their message. She wholeheartedly believes books can be a positive force for good in the world. Rachel, we're so excited you're here. Please tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Thank you, Rachel. I'm so excited to be here and to be chatting with you. Um, So yeah, I'm a literary agent. Um, I'm a creative. I live in Oregon with my husband, Blair. We're just south of Portland um, in the capital city. We moved here about six years ago. Um, But yeah, we live in an old house close to downtown. We love to walk into town and go to coffee shops and bookstores. And and we have a little pup with us, a Labradoodle. So um, that's that's a little bit about me, but um, I've been working as an agent. I actually started at Alive in January. Um, and before that, I was at Baker Publishing Group as an editor. I'm kind of working backwards here, um, but I've been in publishing for a handful of years. I um, Before that, I had my own business and, um, and worked in marketing and design. And I had kind of a meandering path to publishing. Um, but once I stepped foot in the world of kind of what goes on behind the scenes to create books, I, I loved it. I love this work and it's such an honor to work with authors, to bring their words into the world. Um, but that's kind of what fills my time during the day. And, and my husband and I love, love this little town that we live in. We live close to a lot of my family and, and enjoy uh, making our life here. I love, honestly, one of my favorite parts is I love hearing how um, people get to the, where they're at currently in their journey. Um, just, I think it's just part of like the history. I, I don't want to say buff because I'm not a history buff, but I'm just like, I love hearing <laughs> stories, I think. No, because if I'm quiz, I'm like, yeah, I actually don't know that, but I love getting to know the intricacies of a person and how um, they've become who they are. And so um, I know when, you know, we were planning uh, for the podcast and Ray, um, you brought up, oh, Rachel would be great for us to um, really interview and kind of see a different side that maybe isn't talked about as often, especially, you know, with publishing. Um, I would love to hear, you know, how did you come into publishing and more specifically, um, how did you become a literary agent? Yeah, Mia, I I feel like, you know, it's funny because I think that for maybe earlier generations or previous generations, people would start with something and kind of just stick with it, right? I think for millennials um, and our generation, there's just our paths look a lot different in terms of like what, what we do and how we end up kind of in the roles we're in. Um, so yeah, like I said, it was kind of unexpected, I guess, or meandering um, in terms of the path that led me here. But I, so I met my husband in Portland about um, 11 years ago now. 
um, wow, which whenever I say that, I'm like, we're getting, getting older here, but, um, we were literally just saying this (laughs) right before (laughs) we started, we're like, wow, but I understand. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. So he was working as an agent at the time. And so it's, it's interesting. Books have been such, um, a huge part of my own kind of faith journey for lack of a better word in my twenties. And I think like a lot of us, right? Like we're really impacted by what we read. And so I hadn't, I didn't know what went on behind the scenes or kind of what, what brought books into the world in terms of, of what happens between someone writing a book and it it getting into the bookstore and me buying it. Um, Mm -hmm. But when I met Blair, he was working as an agent and his family had been in publishing for years. Um, So I think it was maybe a few years later, like I kind of, I, they kind of eat, breathe and sleep, eat, breathe. And what is the phrase? Eat, eat, breathe and sleep. Is it? I don't think that's it. (laughs) I think drink, I think drink is part of it. (laughs) I I think that is, I just butchered that statement, but you get what I'm saying. It's like their lives. We totally get you. Part of their lives. Um, and so, um, I started learning about it and as I was doing my own work, um, I was listening to podcasts and reading things and I would, I started kind of giving them ideas like, Hey, you got to reach out to this person. I think they're, you know, they have something to say and they'd be interested in writing a book. And so at, while that was happening too, I started kind of reviewing proposals and was often in the target market and, and began kind of just informally doing work with them. And at some point in there, um, my father-in-law, Don Jacobson, who was the owner of, it was DC Jacobson and Associates, which is now Illuminate Literary. Um, he sat down with me and said, have you, I think you should seriously consider doing this. And so I ended mm-hmm. up training with Don and, um, and beginning to work there. And Blair and I worked at first as an author agent team. He ended up moving on and getting out of publishing. Um, but I, I loved it. I was hooked. And um, that was kind of my segue into that. But I had, yeah, I had worked in a lot of different areas in terms of, um, I had an entrepreneurial background, um, creative, done, I've done marketing and communication. So just kind of a lot of things that really actually influenced how I work with authors. Um, and how I advocate for my clients. Um, but it was a roundabout um, process in terms of getting there, but but it's been really rewarding and fun and, and I love what I do. I love Rachel. that. And, and by the way, I did look up what the saying is, it is eat, sleep and breathe. <laughs> eat, sleep and breathe. Oh, I just yes. You just mix the them up, part. that's all. The sleep part, baby yes. pause. I was like, is sleep a part of that phrase? It is. I okay, love that you looked that up. <laughs> I got you covered. That's all. It was going to bug me. <laughs> I want to get it right. So thank you, Mia. You're very welcome. I was going to say, I really appreciate the fact that you kind of own that your story or your journey mm-hmm. has been one of meandering. Um, and I think you're right. I think that millennials do like our stories and our journeys do look a little bit more like that as opposed to generations that came before us where you know they started in one place and you know for the most part stuck with that company or that that job um and but I love the part of your story where you uh talk about your father-in-law and how he sort of was kind of like like maybe you had like this kind of apprenticeship relationship with him, which that seems to be the thing that really didn't carry over into our generation, right? Like um, so many like generations before us were like jobs and careers were really hinged on apprenticeships and having someone to learn under and study under. 
And then you've got us millennials and we were kind of like mostly figuring it out on our own. And so it's really interesting to hear when someone pinpoints a specific person that actually, you know, pours into them and helps to give like a little bit of guidance and direction. And, and it, and it's just really cool to you saying that all the different things that you have done kind of really probably empower what you do now as, as a literary agent. Yeah, that's, that's so well said, Rachel. I think you're so right about kind of the mentor, mentoring, um, apprentice type roles that I don't, I think it's a little bit of a lost art and something that I feel really lucky to have had and grateful for, because I don't, sometimes I think that can happen organically, right? Um, maybe it's something though, that we can seek out more as well in terms of not just waiting mm. for it to happen on its own. Um, because I can think of other people too, that have, you know, even if they weren't in the same industry as me, that have really helped speak into the direction I go or kind of how my career has unfolded. And, and I feel really grateful for that. Um, to even friends who maybe have, have done something a little bit ahead of me or, or have wisdom to offer in terms of how I'm navigating um, a change or, or a new role. So I, yeah, I feel like that's been really impactful for me. Mm. But something else you said too about, um, I think, yeah, I think we, it's harder for us, I think, to have the end in mind now in terms of what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think things have shifted so much. I mean, for a lot of us, I graduated in 2007 from college and that was right when the economy tanked, you know, and just mm. what it's looked like we, for, we've walked through so many big things that have really mm-hmm. had to be innovative and mm-hmm. I think entrepreneurial in many ways and, and really be able to kind of navigate big shifts that we didn't expect. So I think, which is interesting because I think that's also part of the creative process, right? Like going into something with the end in mind, um, I think we often have to let go of that finished product and be open to the process and be open to where that's going to take us. Yes. Um, there's less security. And I think um, we have to kind of, or I've learned, I guess I should say, to be open to the outcome, right? And be a little more engaged with the process in many aspects of my life. Wow. And, and, and to be honest, this is happening now too, with so many people. I mean, Mm -hmm. Mia and I have this conversation all the time where we have these ideas in our head and, um, dreams for, you know, changes we want to bring to our lives, you know, our work life. And honestly, so much of it is spurred on by what's happening in the world, you know, and that, that, um, Mm -hmm. you, you know, you mentioned like that, that driving force into entrepreneurship, you know, and the impact that the world around you has on that, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting time for all of that. Yeah. So, um, so tell us a little bit more about being a literary agent and really that role is, is a role that has you looking for, for what is lovely, right? What is meaningful? What is moving? What is beautiful? Can you tell us what this looks like um, in your day-to-day when you are maybe seeking out, um, you know, a new author or even in your own personal life, just that, that eye to look for what is beautiful and meaningful and, and lovely? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, I think that a lot of it starts with paying attention um, and, and paying attention to what moves us and what moves 
other people to it, especially my role as an agent, I think looking for what are people responding to? Where are we at collectively? Mm. Um, which I think also you need, I need to be looking at that individually too, in terms of what, you know, starting with what's kind of moving me and speaking to me as I'm looking for things um, around looking for that inspiration or love me, loveliness um, to play off your question. Um, but I think it starts there. And, and I think that's true for me in the work that I do and also in my life. Um, but, you know, with agenting is an interesting thing too, because we often talk in publishing, we talk about like, what's going to be, what's, what, where's the conversation going to be at in, in two years, because we're, books are usually about 18 months to two years out as you know, Rachel, right. Cause you're, I think you're mm-hmm. writing right now, right. I sure am. <laughs> so you're you're in the thick of that, but kind of yeah. leaning into like where are we at collectively, what's mm. speaking to us, and and where are we going? Like where are we heading in terms of what we're exploring, and learning, and looking for, looking to cultivate in our lives? And so that's mm-hmm. very speculative, right? Like it's it's mm-hmm. maybe a hunch or or kind of an intuitive sense of what what could be mm-hmm. um, unfolding, but but I think that really shapes how I engage, I guess, with conversations and, and pay attention to what's, what's happening. And social media is probably where that, you know, especially with the last year that we've had a lot of that's happening online. Um, I think in terms of how we are having those conversations and fleshing out um, what we're navigating, what we're looking for. Mm. Um, Yeah. So I, yeah, sorry. (laughs) No, go ahead, Mia. I was kind of rambling. So no, no, you're doing, you're awesome. Honestly, you just have me thinking like, it's so interesting because it sounds like you have to be really in tune and, um, it's, I find it curious, at least a part of me is just like, that is, that's gotta be hard to in the role, like in the role of a literary agent, because you don't know what's going to happen in 18 months to two years. Right. But that, being in tune and kind of seeing the audience and who you're writing to and writing for. And I love what you said earlier of how you're an advocate for um, your authors and just the idea of, I'm like, that's so beautiful. What a, mm-hmm. a, a beautiful way of putting it because here you are carrying someone's kind of, I want to say baby in a sense, like a dream, a hope, right. something that has been inside of them now that they're putting, you know, uh, pen to paper and, and coming to you. And just, there's like that, a relationship that's built that trust there. And, um, just hearing that, hearing that I was just like, wow, that's for me, like, again, I love, we're having this conversation of the behind the scenes because you don't really think about that. Like when you go to the bookstore or if you order online, the book arrives and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Look, it's like published Mm. and you pour into Mm -hmm. it, but we don't really talk about, wait a second, there's this whole process of where this began years ago. And, um, for me, I'm like, it's really cool to see because there are some books that like you look at and it has such an impact on your life and writing in a way that it's just like, you are doing your best to be honest to the message, like as a writer of what you're wanting to write about. And then on top of it, being in tune with the people around you and the hope that you're trying to convey in your message. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it sounds to me like it's such a, such a balance. Yeah. Well, I think Mia, you touched on something in that too. I mean, it's, it's about that, that getting in touch with what you want to say. Right. And, and what Mm -hmm. people are, are looking to, 
hear from you on, but because the, there's, it is a business, right? So the commercial side of it in terms of um, finding that sweet spot, I think it's really mm-hmm. key in the sense of, of finding what you want to say that overlaps with what, what people are, are looking, looking for or, or wanting to hear from you on. Um, and so there is that tension. Cause I think we, you know, when we talk about creativity and inspiration, looking for what's lovely, like there's some things that have come across my desk that I've absolutely loved that are, you know, there's the writing is beautiful and, and touching on, um, something in a really meaningful way, but then, you know, and this always happens in publishing, like then there's a platform conversation too. And so it's, it's a really mm-hmm. interesting tension, I think, in terms of, mm-hmm. of, um, you and your message in the audience and, and the different ways that affects how you write and what you write and, and how you work with a publisher. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I'm covering a lot of ground in this answer, but there, yeah, it's a lot of hard work, work. And I, Rachel, you know, this from, you're in the middle of it, but, oh yeah. um, and so many books come out, you know, and we, you just don't know what's going to happen. Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. unknowns in terms of you can do all the right things and, and the marketing can be great. There's just a lot of, a lot of moving parts that go, that go into a launch. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then it's, and the rest is kind of like you wait to see, right. How it'll be received. But, mm-hmm. but I do think it begins with that spark of, of what are you, what are you interested in? What are you thinking about? What's, what's kind of sparking your interest right now and, and for an author mm-hmm. and starting there and then also paying attention to what's what's resonating so yeah I think for me as an agent going back to kind of that that initial question of what of looking for what is lovely I think it's it's helping authors doing to do that in terms of looking at at what um what they want to say and how they want to say it uh, but it's also you know I'm also looking for topics that I'm excited about and 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 projects and authors that I can really advocate for and, and catch a vision for their message and, and pass that on to publishers too. So, mm. um, yeah, so that's a really fun and complex process, I think, in, in terms of all the pieces that can go into it. Mm. I was just going to say too, I, like it kind of ties back into what you were mentioning before, um, in the sense of trusting the process, um, and, the end result may look different than what you initially anticipated and started with. Right. And that, that is valuable and just as important, but I imagine there's so much, uh, growth that even happens in the writing and there's pivoting and, and you're meeting and, and you're really getting down to like the heart of the message. It sounds like for, um, the author and what, they're writing, but I imagine like, whew, that's like a whole, that's a journey in and of itself. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. It's a really, <laughs> that is for sure. Journey. Mm-hmm. It's refining, yeah. right. Have you found that Rachel? I, and when we touched on earlier on kind of the process and being open and open to kind of what, what may unfold. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have a concept, right. You've you picked something, but how does that look for you as you've been writing since yeah. you're in the throes of it? Well, you know, what's interesting is I think I was kind of fleshing this out with Mia a few days ago. Um, but I, I really am coming to love the aspect of community that it takes to create a book. So I, I can sit here at my desk and write all the beautiful world words in the world that I want. Right. But at some point there's going to be a weakness that I have, um, something that I'm not able to think of or do myself. And in my instance, that's all of this business stuff, you know, the numbers, Mm -hmm. the platform, um, the marketing and, and I am finding that like, 
my initial reaction was, oh gosh, I can't do this. Like, I, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do this. And then it was like this, like this, um, just sweeping breath of relief where I was like, wait a minute, but that's exactly what's so beautiful about this process is that there are other people coming all together, you know, and doing all this different work and coming together and it becomes this project where sure it's my words or the author's words, but really it's all these puzzle pieces coming together and putting this thing together that's beautiful, but also practical and impactful um, to bring hope and help for people. You know, it, it's bringing mm -hmm. entertainment or beauty or wonder or testimony or, um, you know, practical guidance into the world. Um, and so I, I have, I feel that tension. Um, I'm in it right now. I mean, my, my manuscript is due on November 1st and I am literally down to the wire. Um, but again, I, I keep finding myself humbled by the, the points of tension in this journey and it forces me to look outside of myself and to see like, okay, this is more than about me. This is about people coming together. And, you know, this is a community initiative. This is about the readers. This is about um, continuing to, like you said, Rachel, listening and looking well and seeing where are people, um, where will people be in the next 18 months to two years? And how can I meet them there? You know, um, and I love that, that it's a challenge and it's, it's a surrender. It's not all butterflies and flowers. It's, it's work, it's grit. And, and I really am coming to appreciate that process. That's cool, Rachel. I love how you put that. Cause it is kind of a conversation with your reader, right? Even though right now you're, you're deep in the work of writing, you're not necessarily getting that immediate feedback. Um, but to think ahead like that, like, how is this going to impact someone or what am I trying to say to them? You know, what, mm -hmm. how are they going to receive this? And to, to have that in mind now, it's just really cool to hear how that shapes your writing and your approach. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I have to say, just being on the, um, like seeing the process and, um, like Ray, you do that so well, just, um, really, incorporating others as well and it's it's so beautiful because you then you see other people kind of ignite and and light up and it's just been an awesome process to see behind the scenes so mm -hmm. I thank you both ladies for giving some insight on this <laughs> behind the <laughs> scenes part and I'm just like this is you know because it's it's a conversation when I look at the world of writing and really I have to say Rachel um Ray sorry Rachel <laughs> because we have our two Rachels, um, introduced me to this whole other world of writing because um, Rachel Jacobson, like I, um, a little bit of my background is I am a licensed social worker. So I come with a whole like, you know, we look at the whole person, how do we help them like holistically and we're writing, we're doing treatment plans or writing case notes, but it's such a different world. Um, with publishing, with writing and whatnot, um, that I have just been like op opened up to and seeing, I'm like, this is amazing. This is like, I feel like a little kid sometimes of just like, this is what happens. Like, and hearing you, Rachel share about your experience. I'm like, whoa, that's, 
that's amazing. First of all, I just have to go back to just knowing like your father-in-law kind of took you under his wings and saw something within you of just like, you're really good at this. Like, it seems like it's, it's natural. Hey, what do you think about this? And just kind of pouring into you. And I think one of the beautiful things is kind of seeing for, for me, I've been seeing like, it's really such an art and you have, um, I don't know. There's just like, it's introduced me to so many people from different places and walks and, and, um, what their craft is. And a lot of times the common thread has been writing, but they do it in different ways. And so, um, part of me is curious because we, um, are talking about, you know, looking for the lovely as a literary agent. Um, but I also see that you're an artist, Rachel, and I loved, um, Ray actually introduced me to your Instagram page a while ago, because for those who don't know, you did the beautiful work for um, our website for um, Indelible Ink Writers and um, just have a really kind of beautiful eye. And I love seeing your Instagram page because I'm like, oh my goodness, your perspective from like photography to your words, to your calligraphy. Um, I find it very like thought provoking and like peaceful every time I, I kind of go on. So I want to kind of speak to that, that you're also an artist and we'd love to hear about your journey as an artist, what compels you and what are some things that like calls out to you as you're writing, as you're, you know, kind of putting out what you observe. Well, thanks Mia. Yeah, I actually, um, uh, when I had my own business a few years ago, actually, I, I was doing some of that up until COVID hit in terms of teaching workshops. Um, but I, I, it started a long time ago for me, I think, in terms of that creative piece. I grew up in a pretty creative family. Um, and not, I think there was never that belief that um, if you're not good at something, you're not creative. Like, you have to be good at drawing or good at, I think we tend to have kind of a very... Um, sometimes a flat definition of what it means to be creative or be an artist. And so mm -hmm. I do think that was kind of instilled in me a sense of like, we're all creative and it's, it's, it can look different ways. It's not, you know, you can hone a craft, but creativity is something that we can all cultivate and engage with. Um, so I think that kind of set the foundation for me in terms of my approach. Um, but I actually was an art major in, in college and that set me on the course of, of design and, and really honing that creative eye. Um, so I, yeah, I started my own business and, and taught calligraphy workshops and, and did design, um, which lettering played a big part of that. Um, and, but branding was also a piece of, of what I, of what I offered my clients and what I got to do Rachel with you, um, until I, I kind of closed that up once, once things shifted and I just didn't have as much time for it anymore. Um, but, but my approach, I think to its creativity, I think it's looked different, different parts of my life um, in terms of kind of how that, how I've engaged with that. Um, I was even thinking, I feel like in, during COVID, I've kind of been like, gosh, what is my creative outlet right now? Like, I don't necessarily know um, what that is. And then in, you know, a few months ago, I started gardening and planting and I was like, this is it. It's kind of, I think it's been paying attention to those little sparks of inspiration or interest. And I wish I could say it was something that like, once you find what it is, you just stick with that. But I, that hasn't been the case for me. I think um, it does feel like a relationship in the sense that um, it requires that kind of ongoing conversation and communication. Um, and I think as life shifts, it's looked different for me in, in terms of 
maybe, you know, for a while it was calligraphy and, or it was um, before that it had been painting and in different times of my life, I think I've turned into different mediums, but, um, but it's, it's broader, I think, than we've tended to, how we've tended to define creativity. I'm probably going, to, going on a tangent. Um, but that's kind that's of been a my good journey. point though. I was just going to say, just chiming in real quick. I think it's a really good yeah. point that you bring up though, um, because it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to stay within a box. Right. Um, and I think you're touching on the point of creativity can come in any form, honestly. Mm -hmm. And, and we always go through different seasons. Right. And so what may have been the one thing that helped you in one season, um, it, may not be the same thing in that next season that you need, but it's just as important and just as part of that process. Yeah, that's right. Good. You summarize that really well, Mia, because I think that, um, yeah, there's a, like, there's a time for us, I think, to just to have that outlet and it can look different in different seasons in terms of how we mm -hmm. process um, what's going on in our lives. But I also, in, in, in my work with writers though, and um, I think there's also a time to hone a craft, right? And to stick with something and to move to move beyond that kind of um, early conversation, right? And, and to have more intention in terms of where you're going with that. So I think that can look very different. Like it's something I've talked about in some of my um, online on Instagram. I know I posted about this before, but morning pages and kind of these practices that help us get in touch with ourselves and get in touch with our creativity. Uh, but that looks very different, I think, than maybe like a writing practice where you're, maybe you have, you're writing a manuscript or you're working on a proposal and you actually have a goal. and and when it, when it comes to that, I think it's less hinged on inspiration and it's showing up and doing the work and, and mm. doing it consistently, whether or not you feel inspired. So there's a tension there, I think, in terms of how we, those different, where creativity can start with us and then where we could go with, with those, those crafts that we're engaging with, whether it's like writing or painting, or I think it can be so many different things. Um, but in terms of kind of, I, I think what I was starting with in a very roundabout way is, is how we maintain a relationship with our creativity and how that can be that can shift and I think um a big piece of that for me is paying attention to like curiosity and making room for play and mm -hmm. all those things as an adult are very easy to rule out because they don't look mm -hmm. great on a to-do list um and we you know there's so many other duties that that call to us or that require and demand our attention um and so and and that's something for I I love to like be productive and get things done but I think I think it's really essential, especially in the last year that we've had, um, to leave room for things that are not productive, um, mm -hmm. that are not about getting something done or a specific outcome. So that's that's something that I that's been on my mind lately, and 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 I'm continually reminded of in terms of what what it looks like to be a creative person. And and I think we all I think we're all creative though, and I think we all need that in our lives in some capacity. I love that so much, mm -hmm. so much. And that was a long answer. And it was no, a it was perfect good. answer. Perfect. And yeah. I think you're speaking into what so many people really do want to hear, you know, and um, just so many things like, for instance, first of all, the, the foundation that you have of, um, you know, growing up and being in an environment where creativity was just encouraged and it wasn't really mm -hmm. a matter of you're good at this and you know, whatever. Um, but just, just that practice, just that every day, um, this is what we're going to do because 
it's available to us, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that is such a strong foundation. Um, and, and the truth is not everyone has that. There are people that grow into, you know, grow up and into families that it really is about that product. It, It really is about the success. It really is about, um, productivity and how can, you know, where is this going to take me? Where is this going to get me? If this isn't going to get me anywhere in life, then, then this isn't worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, what you're saying is really important because there are still adults that need to hear that message. And -hmm. I think that's why I love your Instagram so much. I'm so obsessed with it because (laughs) (laughs) it makes like you slow down and your musings and your sharings, it, all of them, they're just invitations really Mm -hmm. to hold space for that creativity. Um, and I just love how you live it yourself, you know, like you said with morning pages, and I always love when you post that, but even the quotes that you share, I can't remember this one in particular. Um, but you shared a quote, see, now I'm going to butcher it, but you shared a quote about not, you know, that we shouldn't mind the messes that we make. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. that we should more so just like spend our time creating like on our creativity. I don't know if you remember that post or what that quote was or where it was from, but that just arrested my soul And, um, I think that's when I knew that was the moment when I was like, she is, she is devoted to the practice of creativity, you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to, to say like, forget the mess, (laughs) who cares? Like just be in the moment and, you know, kind of follow that muse or whatever. Um, anyway, that I wasn't, you kind of answered the next question that I was going to ask. So I'm just like giving observations now. Well, that- <laughs> Rachel, that's, I don't want to jump in too soon, but I, yeah, go I for am it. preaching to the choir because I am like, I do not do morning pages every day. It's something that comes and goes for me, but I, I have a hard time slowing down. I'm kind of can be a busy body. I love getting things done. So, and, and, and my sister would tell you this too. We grew up sharing a room and I feel like I was kind of the type A one, like she was so creative and she would have her, I would put down tapes and we had, we had our bunk beds. You remember those? I think it was like in the nineties, those bunk beds with desks underneath. Yes. We both had one of those. We were in this little room. Like I love my sister, but dearly we're so close now, but I dreamed of having like a space of my own. Um, And so that was kind of like under my bed in this tiny little desk that I would arrange, but I would push her stuff and put tape down anyway like I just had this thing about order and and now in my life so like that's I think I that quote spoke to me I think it was I'm trying to remember the name of it uh, the lady who said that but um yeah because it's like letting things it's hard to let things go like it's hard to to make room for the things that are calling to us that are not practical um yeah so all that just to dispel any myth that I like have this figured out you know, I, I think I share those things because I'm, I'm in the middle of trying to, to learn how to do that too. And I think it's, it's never something that we arrive at. I, I'm just loving, oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, you're good. (laughs) I'm just, I'm really loving this testimony though, of you as a creative though, because, um, I'm, I am finding this is maybe a little bit more by, by force and not by choice. Um, because I, tend to like to be disciplined. I used to be, you know, morning person writing 
every morning, journaling every single day. And now the season that I'm in with motherhood, you know, pandemic, juggling um, an online community while working Mm -hmm. and having a baby and finishing a book. And I'm just like, I, I can't journal every day. Like, even when I have the time, I don't have the mental capacity, but I have been enjoying kind of going in and out of these different seasons of picking up different, you know, other forms of creativity. And so I love though, that you're, you're, you're kind of bringing that representation of, Hey, to be a creative doesn't mean that I'm waking up at 5 a.m. every morning and doing my morning pages and writing a poem every single day. It's also having that creative lens, having that eye to see, to be speculative, like you said, to listen um, to what's going on around me and letting that kind of be, you know, living in that tension, that push and pull of wanting to do more, but also like, giving in and just kind of pulling back and retracting into seasons where maybe you are doing something different, or maybe you are meandering and trying something else, you know, and, um, but still kind of calling that all creativity like that. And I think that represents a lot of us right now, you know, that we're kind of in this, we're trying to figure things out. We're trying to figure ourselves out. We're trying new things and, um, and sometimes we all just want to hear that that's okay, that we don't have to be, you know, have it all figured out on paper in order to say, I'm living a creative life, you know? Right. Well, maybe that's the antidote to creative life is having things figured out. I don't know, because it, it seems like creativity thrives. Well, maybe this is what I found, like in the losses and the things not looking like I expected, like in those questions and, and really being able to ask those harder, those deeper questions of ourselves or of life and, and not necessarily know the answers. I don't know, maybe that's, that's maybe too broad of a, of a definition, but I wonder if maybe that's where creativity often begins. Hmm. I like that. Okay. Uh, coming from, I'm a type A, that's why I would like, you said it and I was just like, oof, yep. I feel that a hundred percent. Like, um, and so giving yourself the permission for things to not look like neat and in a box, you know, um, and letting things, um, ebb and flow with the season that you're in can sometimes be really hard for someone who's like, no, I kind of, I need some predictability of like, what is this going to look like? I need the beginning, middle and end. And y'all, I have a confession to make because it drives my husband crazy. But I am the person when I get a book, if I'm reading a book and I start it, I'm like, no, don't, don't confess this. Don't, don't, don't do this. Do not. (laughs) You read the end? I read the end. I do. I read the last page and my husband is like, what are you doing? You just ruined the book. I was like, I won't tell you anything. I just needed for me. (laughs) Who does that? Who does that? I know. You want to know what you're looking toward. Exactly. Because I'm emotionally invested and I need to know (laughs) if I can Are you reading stressful? It sounds like you're reading stressful books, maybe. (laughs) 
perhaps maybe that's what it is honestly so and a little tidbit my background is in trauma and healing so maybe that's really what it is and I'm like (laughs) um but I say that because I so I give that confession but I have to say in the books that I've been reading for this I want to say a year and a half now I actually haven't been reading the last page pages of the books I've been patient and I've been starting from the beginning and going through um, because this process part I'll be honest with you can be so hard right it feels like this emotional kind of up and down roller coaster and and it's just like what in one moment I feel like yes I have this figured out whatever it is right and then wait a second where's that assurance that was just there 10 minutes ago and um, trusting in that unknown in that process part. So all of that, I was just like it, for me, at least it's giving me that like, okay, I'm not alone in this. Like there are others who this is all part of it together and getting to hear different perspectives on it is so valuable. And it, again, like it gives that aha moment of like, hey, you're not alone. Like I imagine like someone who's sitting down listening to this episode of like being able to breathe and like, okay, okay, I can, I can keep moving forward. Right. In this. Um, so sorry Mm -hmm. for that, like tangent. No, that's, that's so good. Well, first of all, Mia, that's a pretty noble shift in the year we've had this past year. Right. If there's any year that I could do it, like it would have been this past year. (laughs) When we had no outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think it's kind of human to want, like we do want security and wherever Mm. you fall on that, on that spectrum of maybe, you know, we've classified people as like type A or wherever you fall on that. I think it's really human to want to know what's coming and to want Mm -hmm. security and some clarity and yeah, so I think we all have to reckon with that to some degree or another. But it, it is nice, I think, to be like, I'm not the only person struggling with this or struggling to make room for creativity or whatever it is that, that it is mm-hmm. we're, we're seeking. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So I'm curious then. Um, we've talked about your Instagram page. I'm with Rachel. I've like every time I see it, I'm like, this is so beautiful. Like every single time. And I feel like it's a uh a beautiful space um, to pause. So, I mean, you've answered this a little bit during um, our interview, but we love to ask this question of just what is inspiring your ink? Meaning, you know, what um, would you say is informing or, or shaping your creative work? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think I think I touched on this earlier, but I do think it's kind of been like the questions I've been exploring this past year. I will say, I don't feel like it's been a very creative year for me. Like I, I kind of have been like, oh, do I have an outlet right now? And what is that? Um, but writing is something I turned you off and just to kind of process and explore. So I think that's kind of, and like I said, gardening and just kind of some outdoor things too. But um, so yeah, I think it's kind of making sense of some of the questions I've been asking myself about faith and life and um that's probably been shaping how I approached those things and how I look for ways to maybe be outside and, and plant and grow things. That's probably where I've found some more predictability too, but Mm. um, yeah, that's probably been some of those um, influences for me over the past year, just in terms of the internal, those internal things I'm processing. Mm -hmm. That's good. And uh, we, 
we don't discount the the impact of uh, gardening and in the great mm-hmm. outdoors in terms of it being really formative for um, just how you're showing up in your days, you know, whether it's creative or productive, either one. Um, it's just so formative. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, I think Rachel and I, Ray and I have had so oh, many yeah. conversations about gardening and being outside and how much there is to learn just like, I don't want to say just like being outside. And, and so I'm, I'm so with you right on that. And just, um, and I so appreciate your honesty, Rachel, um, because sometimes we don't, we're in seasons where we don't, we're not necessarily like putting anything forth. Um, but those are just as important seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think output can look different, especially when there's a lot that's right. where you're navigating, but I am not at ladies. I will just clarify. I'm not a good gardener, but I just do it, but that's <laughs> plant things wherever. So that's, I think that's part of it too, is just not being able to do things we're not even very good at and have fun with it. Yep. Mm, I'm right there yeah. with you because I'm on year, this is year three and I'm still not good. And this year, um, we had some things come to life and grow, but I'm like, what did I do wrong? What happened? And this was the first year that I was like, oh, but I learned a lot doing, uh, learned a lot gardening and, and really figuring out different parts and processes. So I, again, I'm just like, I appreciate the honesty because you don't have to stop even if you're not good at it, or if it's not producing a measure of success that you're expecting, like it's still just as valuable and just as important. Right. I think my garden turned into one big tomato plant. Like I did not know (laughs) one tomato plant and one zucchini plant. I didn't realize like you only need one zucchini plant per family, but yeah, but that's the fun part. It's like, you learn it's like, okay, next year I'm going to remember that. I love it. That's good. That's good. Mia, Mia and I, um, we, we won't go into it now because we'll, we'll literally keep you here all night. All night. We have been (laughs) obsessed. You might, you might be a fan too. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. We've been obsessed with, um, Florette growing Florette. Oh, Rachel. Okay. Oh, Rachel, you are gonna, (laughs) I am in for a treat. Oh my gosh. Get ready. It's just, I mean, you talk about, I think the farm is in Oregon too. Like I think Aaron, they're either in Washington or Oregon. Um, but I'm sorry, Ray, I cut you off. (laughs) No, you're right. They're definitely out there. So, um, yeah, you're going to fall in love. We will be waiting for you to come back and to tell us. (laughs) I literally feel bad because I think I've told everyone I was like listen I love you all I just need you to know like about this show and I'm probably going to talk about it for years to come so I apologize in advance but Mia told me and then I told everyone that I knew and they all told everyone that that you know like yeah (laughs) so So I want to show notes about this yes listen I'm, I'm intrigued we so they're on Instagram but you're going to have to check out their four part series, which is on discovery plus. And you will be Ooh. amazed because it's the story of, um, you know, this woman, Erin, who she has this small dream of wanting to just 
bring beauty into the world, right? Make the world beautiful through flowers, right? Flowers. And um, she has a small house, like barely has a backyard, has this huge dream and just decides to start small, you know, doesn't see herself as a business person, just doesn't think that she has the personality to really, you know, turn this into a thing. And lo and behold, I mean, I'm, I'm skipping so many parts of their story, but lo and behold, she is now like one of the major, you know, seed, uh, farmers for yeah seed producing farms for flowers for dahlias um it's just really well known i mean you you'll go see their following just you know all that they're doing it's 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 amazing she's honest yeah i was gonna say she's honest and she said i've sucked at this for 10 years like i am not an overnight success like but every year i've gotten back up and I like she writes down meticulously, you know, the different crops, how they grow. And, she, and she's also like they're an educational um, uh, small business as well. And so while they they actually no longer, you know, do um, flower arrangements that they used to do, they primarily provide education to small businesses mm-hmm. around the world um, to help teach them about, you know, how to um, grow, grow your flowers and how to do it well and what to know and note and the soil. There are so many deep, just life lessons Yeah, sitting and watching. Like I would be in tears and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like We, I, we were in tears. Like we were oh, in tears watching yes. this series. And, and again, and, it, and it's more than just about the gardening too, because mm-hmm. you know, anytime you put your, your hands in dirt, you enter into this world where everything becomes an analogy, right? Mm-hmm. And so then you're you're learning alongside of the seasons and you know these plants that are going from seed to you know stem to you know farm and and it, she just the series really just takes you on a journey, you know. But really to go to, and to go back to what you're saying and how um, you know maybe there's not much. Uh, you know, uh, pro, you know, harvest coming from your garden right now, but, but there's this tender process mm-hmm. and that is what, that's what matters. You know, it mm-hmm. is that process, you know, of being in the garden, being in your garden, getting your hands dirty, watching something grow, watching something fail, mm-hmm. you know, watching something oh, yeah. fail, you know, um, and, and then choosing your response after that. And so, yeah, that's, that's powerful stuff. That's, that's I love cool. that. I love that you both have turned me on to this, to this gal too, because I looked her up and it looks incredible. See, you're so, yeah. you're so I, I mean, if I could just like grow flowers every summer, I mean, that just brought me so much joy. So this is just, yeah. Oh, my language. Oh, I can't wait to see Rachel. Honestly, I'm like, I, I can't wait to see how your garden is going to be next year. I'm yeah, so baby steps because I'm just at the beginning. So this is perfect that you're, you two are just <laughs> guiding me. You're my mentors in this area. Yes, oh. we're so here for it. Yes. Well, we have one last final question, and um, we're both dying to know what is soothing your soul lately. What is informing, shaping, or restoring your soul these days? That's that's such a great question. You know, it's funny. What comes to mind is my dog, and that sounds mm-hmm. hilarious to say, but like I think it's it's been 
like she is just my little companion. I kind of became a dog person over this past year. <laughs> we go to the dog park and just it's like these little soothing things that that we get to do together, like going on walks. Um, it's, you know, putting on music. Um, last night I went over to my sister's and we flew a kite in the street with her kids, my niece and nephew. And, and after it kind of, it felt like a heavy day. And so I just think like probably lately it's just been really embodied things, right? Like all those things mm. that kind of help you just be present in your life mm-hmm. um, and bring a little bit of levity in the midst of just all that's going on in the, in the broader world. Um, so that's, that's kind of a, it's not a very deep answer, but I think that as we've gone into to so many other things, right. And kind of the depth of like creativity and all this stuff. And I think we also need things that keep us kind of from taking ourselves too seriously. And that has actually mm-hmm. been what's soothing me lately. I love that. That is perfect. I would say that is deep though, because I, well, how I like perceive it is just, um, we are holistic, right. And so it's so important to be in tune with everything that's going on kind of within ourselves. And so I love that you said like that in the embodied practices, like things that require you to be present. There's so much happening inside of your body when you do that. And so it's like, you're healing and you're allowing yourself to, to step outside of maybe your headspace and the routine of every day to say, wait a second, I don't just want to be living in the motion. I want to actually be experiencing life around me with those that I love. And, um, so I'm like, that's huge. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, it may not have felt deep, but I was just like, that's so, that's just as important, um, important process as maybe other things that we might put at a higher like level, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, no, I think that was, no, I think that was kind of what I, the extent of what I was going to say, but um, yeah, maybe, and maybe because we're, you know, being on Zoom calls and doing a lot of um, yes. <laughs> creative work in, in how we're kind of approaching our, our day-to-day responsibilities, maybe that's, that's, it's been more kind of like the lighthearted or what we categorize as lighthearted things, but yeah, taking, that's something we didn't talk about, and I will not go into this because we're wrapping up, but um, I feel like that's a piece of all of it is just also taking ourselves less seriously so we can, mm-hmm. can you know, experience life a little more, um, with a little more of a carefree, relaxed approach at times. Mm. It's really life-giving. Agreed. I agree. I'm like, I have a three-year-old and she is the perfect daily reminder to not take myself seriously. And it's been just what I've needed as I'm like navigating, like you said, like we're working from home, parenting, like, Right, um, being a wife, like just all of the different pieces and parts of us, right. That we are kind of, it's like a, feels like a, such a balancing act. Um, it's the moments of not taking myself seriously. That has provided some major relief of like, Oh, I'm putting this pressure on myself. I can breathe. Like it's okay. Right. Right. <laughs> um, Kids are so good for that. They really are. And I love it. Um, well, Rachel, thank you so much for sharing your time with us, your heart with us. Um, and really just, I'm excited to just walk away with some really amazing, um, parts. So Rachel, thank you so much for spending your time with us, um, today and just speaking to us about, um, you know, really being attentive to, um, 
things that are lovely. And just it's been such a beautiful conversation um, with you. And to our um, Indelible Inc. community, thank you so much for letting us speak life into your words and speak words into your life. Check back in with us next week for another conversation. And if you're on Instagram, tell us about your work and tag us at hashtag Indelible Inc. Writers. We can't wait to see and share all that you're up to. In the space between now and next time, create from your soul and for your soul. Thank you.